This is a podcast from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero, and this is Lens on Singapore. We've all heard it. Be a lifelong learner. Keep your skills sharp and current. Maybe it even came up in our annual appraisal discussions. But why are we upskilling and reskilling? Is it going to protect us from being made redundant in this time of digital disruption and AI's introduction into corporate workflows? And what about the regular webinars, conferences, and courses we are assigned throughout the year? Do they help? Join me as I explore the real issue at the heart of upskilling and reskilling, keeping ourselves employable. This is Benzon Singapore. Brandon Lee, Assistant Chief Executive Workforce Singapore, acknowledges that the numerous recent layoffs are a stark reminder that the era of stable jobs and having one career in a lifetime, that's over. Well, first, I think we have to choose to accept that this is a reality of the world that we live in today. And if we accept that, then I think the increasing volatility or opportunities, if you look on the bright side, in all of our careers means that career planning becomes much more important. And planning as opposed to just having a plan. Um, there are many things in the environment we may not be able to control, but if we've thought it through, the different factors, considerations and options, we might be better prepared to respond to the situation with an agile and uh, resilient mindset. While there are many things we can't control, there are some things that we can control. Having a clear frame can guide our decisions and actions in the face of volatility, and that frame can take many forms. Being clearer about what we might be working for, what goals are we trying to achieve, what do we value most, what do we enjoy, what are we good at. The first thing that government has done is consumer education, to let people know that upskilling and reskilling is important and for what reasons. The second thing that government has done is to ensure that upskilling and reskilling opportunities are plentiful, relevant, and of good quality. And the last thing is that government has done is that to ensure that these opportunities are accessible to all Singaporeans by providing support, funding, subsidies, and making sure that Singaporeans are aware of these opportunities. One thing that Workforce Singapore or WSG has done specifically is to tie these upskilling and reskilling opportunities to jobs so that Singaporeans can seize the emerging opportunities. And we do it in several ways. On the employer side, we work with companies to transform and redesign their jobs so that they can better employ the new skills that their workers have gained through their upskilling and reskilling. And through programs like our career conversion programs, we help mid-career individuals get into new sectors by putting them into a job and then bundling the training that can help them perform in that job. And through our career coaching services at our Career Connect centers, we help individuals figure out what their next career steps are and advise them what training they can do to help improve their employability and chance of being hired. Has WSG received feedback on what some of the problems are, some of the challenges are from these people who have gone through your upskilling and reskilling courses? One of the challenges that we always hear is that what do you want to upskill and reskill in? The options are so many and there's nothing that you can't find, you know, as long as you, you, you kind of hit the Google button. So mm. I think one of the challenges is really figuring out what will make a difference to your context. That's why I talked about career planning in the first part. If you at least had a conversation that says that, you know, 
maybe today I am working in print, for example, and I want to move into podcasts, then get gives you a very clear target and objective to work towards. Derek Chang, CEO, PSB Academy, adds some insight. Prices in the market today are overwhelming. But as a learner, I think it's important to understand what he or she really wants from, from this program or the course that he or she wants to take. For example, if you're a mid-career switcher, you wanted to go into a totally new industry, you then will need to look out for a little bit more theoretical background, a little bit more fundamentals, a little bit more, so I wouldn't say lower skills, but a bit more basic skills to get you into the industry. If you're a learner who is in the industry for a long time and wanted to deepen your knowledge, you should be looking for programs that enables you to go deep and far in that program. Who is responsible for upskilling? Us, the employee, or the companies we work for? Or should it be a collaborative effort between employer and employee? Elvin Goh, Executive Director, Singapore Human Resources Institute, believes it is both. My take is that it must be collaborative in nature, but the call to action um, and responsibility sits with the employee to see through the entire journey in terms of upskilling and reskilling, or be it unlearning or relearning. We've talked about upskilling and reskilling uh, for the last three and a half years, but the importance of unlearning and relearning must also take place. And this sits solely with the employee themselves. Organizations, to some extent, can facilitate those interventions, could make the decisions and the recommendations to redesign roles. But at the end of the day, it's still a collaborative nature between employer and employee to see through the success of all these initiators. Unlearning is not something that's been brought up very much, yes. especially for mid-careers. You've had a long time at this point, mm. old ways, old processes. So unlearning that before you can learn new things is just as important as learning the new things. So to me, unlearning itself, it's, it's, it's very simple uh, in my context as well, right? There is, number one, a shelf life to all the knowledge and technical competencies. Uh, if you were to, let's say, go back to and do primary six math again, I don't think the two of us will be able to <coughs> cut it within the next five minutes. I think we'd fail. I don't know. I, I know I would fail. <laughs> So there you go. So I think this is something that we have to recognize first, that there is a shelf life to all the knowledge that we have acquired. And therefore, that's where new learning takes place. New information, new ways of doing it, and so forth. You know, there's this thing in the HR world that we call legacy workflows. 10 years ago, when I first hired, this is how I do it. 10 years later, this is how I'm still doing it. But technology has moved so fast. I think that's, that's the second area that we have to then collaborate with technology. The ability to look beyond the current processes, procedures, right? And not be held back or beholden to legacy workflows. To me, there are three types of people when it comes to the concept or analogy of box thinking. We do know for the first, the, the first scenario is that there are people who think within the box. There are second type of people, the people who think outside of the box. But to me, there's also a third type of people that, and that third type of people is people who are willing to throw away the box. Because to me, that box represents legacy, old ways of doing things. And we need to then have the business and moral courage to then look from afresh. And that's where the unlearning takes place. So to that point, how important is it for a mid-level manager to attend the numerous webinars, workshops that companies offer internally? And also, does it really actually help to be a member of an association, say, like yours, which is specific to their industry? Two questions there. 
So, so let me try to tackle one at a time. So my take is this, right? Attending webinars, attending seminars, conferences, it's important because that's where, especially if it's a good conference, you will find that there are a lot of new and good thought leaders out there, be it business, HR, technology, whatever. Any good conference worth its salt is able to put to the delegates or the audience at least one or two golden nuggets. But the crux of it is that when I leave the conference at 5 p.m. or the webinar and I shut my laptop down, what are you doing with that idea? How are you going to materialize that idea in your organization? What's the call to action, right? That's what we always say, knowledge is power, but the application of the knowledge is even more powerful. Professional membership bodies like SHRI, we play a role in the ecosystem. We want to be the network of networks. We want to connect the dots. We want to help our members, our professionals, our leaders to be able to not only network, but the point of networking is the ability to then connect and create, being creating a safe space to ask questions and to get real responses of what other people are doing. Still to come, the whole concept of upskilling, reskilling, lifelong learning, it's all not new. However, many of us are now more focused on it in light of the real threat of job displacement from technology and particularly AI. We delve into this next. Senior correspondent Ben Paul shares his analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Mark to Market every second Monday of the month with your trusted partner for financial information. Go to bt.sg podcasts to download. And now, this episode of Lens on Singapore continues. Schools are facing issues of cheating from students using ChatGPT and other AI tools. Jobs have been lost as AI gets implemented into company workflows. In 2020, speakers at the Gartner Application Architecture Development and Integration Summit estimated that by 2024, robo-bosses would replace almost 69% of a manager's workload. This sounds like a hop, skip and jump away from managers themselves and not just their workload getting replaced. We are coming up on 2024. How close to reality is this? To some extent, we are still far away from the reality that robo-bosses will actually take over leadership roles. Mm. If you ask me, AI is a big force. It's a big force that's coming our way. Will it replace us? May or may not. It may replace some part of our job, but not replace every part of our job. I don't think AI will take over our jobs. The people who is able to harness the power of AI will take over our jobs. So the ability for us to then learn or unlearn, relearn something that is future relevant, it's really, really important. Right? The ability to look at things from an analytical point standpoint, the ability to conceptualize ideas and plans, the ability to ideate. I think these are values and these are skill sets, competencies that will showcase who we really are beyond the academic books, beyond what we have on our CV. Honestly, employers will be looking out for that unique value proposition that one will bring to the table beyond what's on paper. Okay, not yet then. But upskill and reskill seems to be the recurring theme. 
there is no shortage of options for the mid-career individual looking to upskill or reskill. But what and where? Whose decision is it? What we do, course-wise? If you're a learner who is in the industry for a long time and wanted to deepen your knowledge, you should be looking for programs that enables you to go deep and far in that program. So it really depends on what exactly he or she is gunning for before you decide. And then again, many people these days look at perhaps university's ranking, looking at, um, I need to get to the best school, I need to do this, I need to do that. But question is, does that suit you? It's a teaching method, what you're after. It's a learning outcome, what you're trying to get at. The first thing that businesses can do is to be clear of what they're doing this for. And these can be very practical considerations that can bring benefits to the business bottom line. Is it to support the execution of a current business function? Is it to support the development of a new business area or new capabilities? Or is it even to just improve your employee value proposition and employer branding to boost employee engagement, recruitment, and retention? Next, I think it's also important to be clear to employees about the so what of all this continuous learning and development if you want to have a sustainable culture. Now, this doesn't mean that every bit of learning or development needs to lead to a promotion or pay rise. But over time, employees should be able to see how it can affect their career development in the company and even beyond the company. And finally, you need to put in the resources, systems and strategies that can help you support this effort over the long run. And these days, there are many players and products out there in the market that can help businesses with this effort. But which skills to focus on for upskilling or reskilling? Well, I actually have two answers for you. Um, mm. And if you are talking about the business owner trying to look at what skills he needs in his company, um, I would suggest that they can look left and right and then up. So looking left and right means checking out what your competitors are doing and then deciding if you need to catch up or perhaps do something different. Perhaps sneaky way you can do that is that you can look at WSG's My Careers Future portal and see the jobs that your competition uh, are posting and then what skills they are looking for and kind of figure out whether that's something that you want to do for your own company. Looking up means referring to the broader trends that may be identified to things like industry and jobs transformation maps, which are developed by different economic agencies and government working in conjunction with WSG. For individuals, I would suggest that actually the best reference point is your own career plan uh, that I talked about at the beginning. This will ensure that you, know, you have an idea of how you will use those skills that you eventually pick up and you would have done the research on whether it can translate into tangible outcomes. Of course, if you are already clear about what you want to achieve, but you're not so sure of the specifics, then there are a couple of resources that you can tap. The first one, I think, if you're already working, is to ask your boss or HR, what are the skills that I will need to, let's say, move into a different lateral job or perhaps will prepare you for a bigger one in the company? And of course, our colleagues at SkillsFuture Singapore has got all sorts of information, skills frameworks that can advise you on what are the in-demand skills in the industry. And they also have skills and training advisors that can give you some perspectives of what may be something relevant to your objectives. Finally, I might mention that the WSG also now has a growing core of volunteer career advisors. These are professionals who are working in the industry today and have volunteered with us to offer their insight, their knowledge, and their advice to people who may be looking to break into a new sector. I think the question these days that we keep getting from employers is, we need graduates. We need graduates to be able to perform within the organization. 
as companies redesign their job processes, as a company redesign their job, they are now working with institutions, even like PSB Academy, we work with employers. We work with industry partners to give inputs into curriculum, telling us that this may not be required, this is required, we need to refirm this area. So you tweak? We do it. And is upskilling and reskilling really the panacea? Will it protect us from getting retrenched? What all of us can do to kind of reduce that anxiety is to have something in place. You know, for most of us who are happily employed, perhaps the only time you think about leaving is when you, you know, get that fear that you're going to get maybe a pink slip or maybe, you know, your boss changes and you feel that mm, I'm not quite sure whether I can work anymore. I think that's one way of, of dealing with it. But in many cases, just because you're happy in your job doesn't mean that you can't think about what you might want to do next. You know, um, it could be lateral moves that you're interested in making within the same company or maybe opportunities that you want to tap on, you know, in, in other places. So I think to help deal with the anxiety, at least having to think about it, or maybe better still, have a chat with somebody about it, could at least get you start thinking about, you know, what happens if I have to pull out a plan B. We've done the upgrading, unlearning that we've been encouraged to do. Now, with these fresh skills in hand, the final piece in this mid-career puzzle is how do we land that new job or get that promotion we're chasing? So it's not about what we write on paper. Mm. It's also what we write today and tomorrow or how you portray yourself on the social media front to display and showcase your thought leadership. Because if I were to put five to 10 CVs in front of me, I will not be able to pick up right, the uniqueness of each of these candidates. Even if I were to use, in today's terms, you know, applicant tracking system, ATS systems as well, AI can only pick up keywords that you might have included in your CV and profile. Your viewpoint as well on paper, if necessary. It's not about what I've achieved, but how I've achieved and what do I learn and unlearn from that. I think that will make you stand out more. Well, for all Singaporeans, I would suggest that we all proactively take charge of our careers, embrace lifelong learning, cultivate a growth mindset and adaptability to navigate uncertainties. For employers, um, I think continue to transform your business to seize opportunities and transform the way your employees work to help you reach your business goals and to help them meet their aspirations. And I think in this way, when you redesign the job, you can redesign the future. I believe in continual skills upgrading and pursue it every chance I get. But perhaps beyond the strengthening of competencies and embracing of technologies, we should also be working on what it is that makes us human. The thing which really sets us apart from the machines. This has been Lens on Singapore. Our guests for this podcast, Brandon Lee, Assistant Chief Executive, Workforce Singapore. Alvin Goh, Executive Director, Singapore Human Resources Institute. And Derek Chang, CEO, PSB Academy. For The Business Times, I'm Clarissa Montero. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.